0: Hello and welcome to reading the Bible cover to cover in 365 days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 67 of reading the Bible cover to cover in 365 days. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, bless the reading to our hearts and minds today. Help us receive the message you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening to our Lord in Luke chapter 23. Jesus was brought in front of Pilate and many accusations were hurled at him. Three times Pilate told them he found no offense worth dying, but the chief priests and rulers continued to accuse him of wrongdoing. Remember, the feast was still going on and it was customary for one criminal to be let go during this feast. Pilate wanted to release Jesus, but the priests and rulers wanted to release a murderer instead. Their cries prevailed, and Pilate gave the sentence to crucify Jesus. There was a multitude of people who cried and lamented over him, but Jesus, the one who had already been beaten and cursed, looked at them and told them to not weep for him, but weep for themselves, for there were far worse times coming. He continued to serve on his way to the cross. He was crucified between two other men. Jesus prayed for God to forgive all the people, again interceding and serving even while he was dying. I find it interesting that the inscription written on his cross was written in three languages, Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, and read, This is the King of the Jews. His own people didn't recognize him as the Messiah. But one of the men on the cross said, remember me when you come in your kingly glory. And Jesus answered, truly, I tell you today, you shall be with me in paradise. This man who had done nothing deserving of heaven, no works to show he was a good man. He simply believed in Jesus and Jesus called it righteousness. Let us believe for that is the key that unlocks the gates to heaven. Darkness fell over the earth for three hours that day. The curtain of the Holy of Holies was torn in two, and Jesus cried out to the Lord, and he died. Some of the people then saw and knew Jesus was the Messiah. Others still didn't. A man named Joseph, who had good standing in the community, secretly believed Jesus was the Messiah. He didn't outwardly tell anyone for fear he'd lose his position, but he did have the courage to ask for Jesus' body. His disciples had deserted him, but God made a way for Jesus' body to be taken care of through a man we only hear about this one time, Joseph of Arimathea. This man took Jesus' body and wrapped him in linen cloth and laid him in a tomb he had purchased for himself. God had a plan. He always has a plan. No matter how poor our circumstances may look today, he has a plan for tomorrow, and his plan is perfect. Let's see what Paul is writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul starts out where he finished yesterday in chapter 6. He asks the people to cleanse themselves from anything that defiles the body and spirit and bring their consecration to completeness in the reverential fear of the Lord. Yes, the Lord deserves our whole selves, cleansed selves, which we have through Christ. Then he writes about his care for the Corinthians. He deeply loves them. Next, he writes that he arrived in Macedonia and he and his comrades were oppressed in every way yet he still had hope. In verse 6, he writes, but God, who comforts and encourages and refreshes and cheers the depressed and the sinking, comforted, encouraged, and refreshed and cheered us by the arrival of Titus. God sees our hearts. He knows when we need encouragement as well, and he provides it just when we need it most. Paul writes about the encouragement he received from Titus when he needed it, and we see how merciful and gracious God is through all of this. We all need some of these things most every day, comfort, encouragement, refreshment, and cheer. When we consider the gifts God provides, we understand more clearly that he cares so deeply for us. Paul brings up his previous letters that brought conviction about the incest by one of the church members. He now writes that he is glad they had suffered pain, grief over their sin, for godly grief and the pain God is permitted to direct produce a repentance that leads and contributes to salvation and deliverance from evil and it never brings regret. But worldly grief, the hopeless sorrow that is characteristic of the pagan world is deadly, breeding and ending in death. Well, there's an interesting distinction here to be made. When conviction comes from God, we have hope, a hope that we can be delivered from our sin and forgiven from our sin. But grief about the world is hopeless. Let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Numbers chapter 17. God makes a plan to stop the Israelites from questioning Aaron's authority as priest. God called for a rod from each of the 12 tribes. The rods were to be put in a tent of meeting before the ark of the testimony overnight. Whichever rod sprouted blossoms and buds, that was the chosen one by God, set apart to act as priest for the people. Aaron's rod, of course, sprouted and it clearly showed the Israelites who was the chosen for priesthood. Now, the people became afraid of the tabernacle. They finally had a healthy fear of the Lord. The question is, will it last? We are a fickle people after all. Well, let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Numbers chapter 18. The Lord gave Aaron instructions in this chapter, instructions about who was going to serve as priests, who would serve the priests, and who could enter the tent of the testimony, the holy place where only priests could go. If anyone who was not allowed to go into the tent of the testimony went in, they would die. If anyone touched anything they weren't supposed to, they would die. God made clear distinctions about who was to do what and who could go where. In verse 7, God said, I give you your priesthood as a service of gift. Then God instructed Aaron about what they were allowed to keep, eat, and partake of the offerings as a priestly family. They were to be given all the best offerings. It all seems so wonderful. However, this tribe was to own nothing, no land. In verse 20, God said, I am your portion and your inheritance among the Israelites. God set them apart, gave them good things, required much service from them, and their portion in life, their inheritance was God. I can think of no better inheritance than to be called God's set apart ones. Let's see what Psalm 67 shows us today. The person who wrote this psalm is unknown. However, They write similar words of giving praise to God. It is a short psalm and verses three and five say the same thing. Let the people praise you, turn away from their idols and give thanks to you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you and give thanks to you. Yes, let us praise God. Interestingly, the Amplified Bible includes turning away from idols in this passage. It's much easier to see the idols other people cherish, but more difficult to see our own. Let us pray for God to show us what we are making more important than him in our everyday lives. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that shows us new truths. Reveal anything we cherish more than you, Lord, and help us let those things go. May we lean into you for all we need and desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word.